Hello, I'm Dave Pennington and welcome back to Pro Talks. This is a podcast where we dive deep into construction and building product manufacturing topics. Uh, I'm the building envelope business unit leader for Prosico, and today I'm joined by several of our technical support team to discuss who should be on your project team and 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 why is why is that important? So I'd like our technical guys to uh, introduce themselves. Guy Long, if you'd like to go first. My name is Guy Long, and I come from the building envelope consulting side of the equation. And what I provide for Prosico is kind of a review of plans and specs and providing uh, detailing uh, either in CAD or Bluebeam. Uh, and because of my experience in dealing from a consulting perspective, I'm usually involved when things start to go south. So that's what I do, and that's what I provide for the company. What about I'm you, Mike. Paul? I'm Paul Grahovag, Manager of Code Standards Testing and Field Support. And uh, this is uh, primarily a talk about field support, and I say that because I have a lot of experience uh, with testing, um, I can uh, help uh, visualize and understand some of the issues that uh, may arise out on a job site. And we use a, a multidisciplinary approach. We bring in people from all over the, the company and uh, uh, put uh, several sets of eyes on a situation. And we can basically be a support staff to everybody out there that's trying to solve a problem. Hi, I'm Pat Downey. I cover the Western U.S. from Denver to Hawaii, from the Mexican border through Canada into Alaska. Uh, my background's in the window industry, window and door industry. Um, that's what I bring to the table, um, installations, um, trainings, um, help guy out with some detailing on site. And uh, that's my stronghold. That's how I was introduced to the products that Prosoco manufactures back in the early uh, 2006 time. Chris? Hi, I'm uh, Chris Tobias, uh, the newest member on the team uh, here at Prosoco. I work primarily in the upper Midwest from, uh, I guess, Iowa was, um, and Minnesota all the way over to, the, to Pennsylvania and West Virginia. And I work primarily on the on the technical side and working with uh, contractors in, on site. Um, I come out of the roofing industry, commercial roofing segment, uh, about 20 years, and um, really help uh, on, on in the field with um uh, trying to increase the level of collaboration between the trades from the roofing down to the uh, to the wall and uh, how we work with and install product at those difficult transitions. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Uh, good to have you here today. Uh, before we get into who should be on the project team and why, I think we should talk about, you know, problems, uh, project problems. Uh, are there any projects you guys remember in your history in this industry that was missing a major member of the project team? Um, any any good examples you guys might have? Well, I had I've had a few projects where one of the key people that was not there was the owner's rep. Oh, um, we're sitting there in the meetings, and you got your architect, maybe a consultant, maybe a few of the different members, but. Uh, the person that's responsible or has the most um, invested is the owner's rep. He wants to make sure he's got a building that's being built the way they want it designed. And I've had several of those where that guy's missing for one reason or another, and it kind of holds up the whole 
system, the whole project. Absolutely. I'm I'm not sure how you can qualify any decision without a representative for the owner there, right? Right. Well, um, has there, you know, that's that's a great example, Pat. Anybody have any others? You know, one of the things as a consultant back uh, while I was practicing is that in a pre-con meeting, which, you know, unfortunately sometimes is overlooked or thought, oh, it's not not worthy of anyone's time, at least from the perspective of, of the consultant, the architect, the owner, and the manufacturer's rep, it's one of the most important opportunities to be able to air out all the potential issues by simply providing the ability to throw the plans out on a table and start talking about the specific interfaces that each one of the trades are going to have to deal with. Uh, And it takes a whole lot more time than just simply going down a list. What about this? What about that? What about this? You have to talk about it. And the people that are involved have to be there, not just the decision makers that, that estimate the job or are part of the ownership of the company, but you need the guy that's in the field and have him communicate what he is intending on providing. And if he doesn't know, that's where you get there and have the conversation with all parties and have the ability to work the details out right then. Absolutely. Great point, Guy. I mean, you just can't, you, you got to have a plan. Uh, sequencing is so important to understand who's going where and when. If every trade shows up at the job and says, let's figure it out, that's just a nightmare. Um is there uh, another question to you guys? Is there any projects where you've been called in too late that were just, uh, uh, you know, trying to figure out problems that could have been avoided because of the pre-con, you know, a good pre-con could have avoided them. So you're called in too late and trying to figure them out then. Any any examples there? Oh, I have a, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Pat, please go ahead. <clears throat> I had a job at, at Tacoma UPS um, where I was called in late due to the general contractor not liking um, a roofing detail with a SIPS panel. And he has faith in the Prosoco Cat 5 product. And I got called in on a Friday to be there Monday and um, basically look over their details and then having to train the applicator at that time. <clears throat> and so basically was scrambling to get everybody dialed in and ended up spending several days there just to make sure the applicator was um, able to do it properly. Um, So just kind of being brought in last minute because um, there was some major issues with this detail and um, we actually were able to take care of things, but it was uh, jumping through some hoops. Luckily I had time to do that. Guy. In my particular issue uh, it's relative to the manufacturer's involvement from the beginning while the the dd drawings are done uh communicating the types of systems that they're anticipating incorporating into the plans and specifications uh when you come in after the fact after the numbers have been approved and moving forward budgets are already set and then you throw the monkey wrench in the middle of all of that is where that's that's can be problematic because you're not 
looking at it from a systems approach and everything else has to tie into that to make it work appropriately. You have to have parties that are involved right up front in order to make sure things and uh, the projects go smoothly from the beginning. Absolutely important. You know, this reminds me of uh, a presentation we saw last week at the uh, annual conference of the Air Barrier Association of America. And a uh, consulting uh, group uh, gave the presentation, and they had a very strong emphasis on the key role that's played uh, by shop drawings in in uh, the air barrier and water resistant barrier and flashing process. And they explained that uh, you know the uh, the uh, subcontractor who's applying the products has a responsibility to obtain the drawings and to generate from the architectural drawings uh, what they call shop drawings, which then uh, uh, are to be reviewed and approved by the architect as uh, uh, the common phrase, as detailing uh, how the uh, intent of the architectural drawings will be executed with particular products. And uh, as we commented to, to each other at the time, there was, no mention of the role of the manufacturer in this process. And it's a tremendous mm. burden to place on subcontractors to uh, independently generate these drawings. Many times the manufacturer's standard drawings do not cover uh, some of the uh, more difficult uh, details uh, that are presented on the project. And and the subcontractor needs to, to bring in that manufacturer for support in uh, generating uh, the, those shop drawings or details. Great, great point, Paul. That's, uh, that's a critical point. Uh, and, and I think that's something we want to make sure that uh, everybody you know, that's listening understands uh, our stance on. Um, the... Uh, so who, who would you guys consider should be on the project team? Um, you know, there's always the, uh, the, the architect, consultant, the owner's rep, but, but what do you think and why um, these guys should be on the team and, and, and part of all this uh, design review and pre-con meetings and even, you know, even mock-ups, um, the involvement, um, just to make sure that the, the project goes smoothly. Anybody have some thoughts on, on that? From an architect's perspective, um, he, when he wants to see a mock-up, a lot of the times he's looking for aesthetic performance and what it looks like. We, on the other hand, feel very compelled to insist upon the mock-ups to be tested because then and only then do you start to understand and, and find out that the interface issues that one would encounter as these wall assemblies and windows and all of the different wall components are being put together, actually can be maintained, can maintain air and watertight condition. If you don't do that, the expectation is, oh, it's all, everything's going to stick. And then when it starts to rain or we do a blower door test or something is done, we find out that, oh my gosh, we should have done something in the beginning before we started to put the cladding on, before we started to put all these parts and pieces together. Yeah, I think that the, uh, 
think you're right, Guy. I mean, that's uh, that's kind of where it starts, but they are the uh, there to uh, institute the owner's uh, goals, right? So um, it, it's everybody else's job to help them make it happen, you know. You know, and I think a, another important uh, member of the project team, you know, especially from the building owner's perspective, is and, and I'm a big proponent of consultants. And in, in many times, you have all these silos from the designer to the to the GC to the sub, as well as the manufacturer, and they're all looking at the installation or application of the product from their own perspective. And um, you know, and many times it's about delivering the warranty or just get it watertight. Um, and and a consultant, when they really come in, they come in and they're looking at the, you know, they're advocating from the building owner's perspective and what's right for the building owner. Are they going to get the performance that they want? And 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 you know, sometimes they're the bad guy, right? They're 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 forcing things to happen that um, uh, may may be a, I guess in excess of what the the warranty is calling for. But you know, at the end of the day the owners getting what they paid for. Yeah. The, um, I would add the, um, product manufacturer rep. Um, we come in there and, uh, want to make sure the product's being applied properly. Um, you know, depending on your, um, product, the GC, his goal is to get the job done and keep it on schedule. But with weather, um, there's going to be products that cannot be used in uh, certain climates, uh, rainy climate, so on and so forth. So the product manufacturer can cut rep can come in and support the project project to make sure the owner is going to get what they're paying for, not apply products that get washed off during the rain, have a product that can be installed in inclement weather, um, and then support the applicator, uh, make sure they're not being pushed beyond the capability of the products. And then, of course, all the interfaces, making sure we have no compatibility issues uh, and testing for adhesion. Those are the, the steps of a good uh, rep for any product. Yeah, I think you're right, Pat. Um, I, you know, and, and kind of to kind of tie that in with, you know, what Chris said about consultants, which are so important. Um, you know, the consultant, uh, his role uh, for the uh, building owner and um, how he works with the architect and the construction team and the reps, you know, he's kind of the, he's kind of the subject matter expert, right? I mean, he, um, he, it, it's very difficult. I don't, I don't even know how anybody could fill their head as an architect with how to uh, design a building and then know everything there is to know about every product option that is out there in every scope of work. So consultants are so critically valuable to make sure that the roof is done right or the building envelope is done right or the below grade is done right or, you know, wherever they fit on the team. Um, and uh, they lean real hard on the product reps, too, because even though they're kind of the subject matter expert and and engineers, uh, they they need to know, you know, what technology is out there that best suits the needs of the project. What uh, types of application, um, uh, unique application capabilities there are that best suit the project. And so they have to lean on product reps or the manufacturer. And, and, and I think that's, that's kind of really the biggest part of the, you know, the, it's, it's the gray area, not the gray area, but it's the part of the construction team that people overlook. And it's probably one of the most important. You know, I, I heard years ago in this industry, it's, it's funny how inexpensive 
it is to run a bead of sealant. But when that inexpensive bead of sealant fails, boy, it sure does cause a lot of expensive problems, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing if you're not accounting on your manufacturer to be there to help you solve these problems on the job, to help with uh, shop drawings, to help with, you know, the the application and, and, and making sure that the contractor knows how to apply material or providing the best options for a product. And, you know, uh, that's always kind of been our way. Um, but you don't see it enough around the industry. I mean, there, there needs to be a degree of professionalism from manufacturers that they're there to solve problems because someone's using their product. You don't get paid extra for that. You get, you get the benefit of having your product on the job. So you should be there to help, help make that go smoothly. And even sometimes you might have to rise above and recommend a product that you don't have that somebody else sells just to solve the problem. But it's those kind of things that have people calling you back because they're they know that you're there to help them. And, and like Paul said, you know, project specific details. Everybody's got the can stuff on their website. Just go check the link, right? But you got to get involved and you got to work with the consultant and the architect to uh, uh, fix things that were unforeseen in the design phase and and uh, provide provide a solution. So. Um, you know, I would say that the most valuable member of the, the project team is, is your manufacturer if he's stepping up to do what needs to be done. Um, but uh, the team should be in place. All those people we talked about uh, should be working very closely together and, and communicating. And uh, I think you're going to have successful jobs and not have to come back and fix things. Um, but that's my opinion. <laughs> for what it's worth. What do you guys think? Anybody have any other thoughts? I think you're spot on, Dave, to be honest with you. That's that's what it's all about. Having the entire construction team as part from the beginning, from the design details and, and, and drawings to the fruition of completion of project and, and the end result uh, providing uh suitable testing and, and performance characteristics of the anticipation uh, that it's been done right. Yeah, I, I would, I would agree. I mean, I think that's one of the greatest values that I bring to this company is to be the willingness to get out and, and to um, get on these projects and, um, and, and work with the contractors and, and show up for the job site meetings and, and encourage that level of collaboration with the other trades, making sure that they're involved in the, in the conversation. Um, as well, I mean, I got on a job one just a couple, well, I guess a couple months ago, and uh, the, the crew that we trained was not the crew that showed up. <laughs> so, you know, it was quickly mm -hmm. recognizing, hey, this job isn't going the way they want it to go from a material yield standpoint and from a production standpoint and, and getting out on that project and helping those guys out, quickly training them up, and um, they're off and running. Uh, so, you know, I've, I felt like I brought a lot of value um, to, to not only to the, to the client, but also to the contractor. Awesome. Awesome. Well, good stuff, guys. Um, I, I think that there's a great, uh, some great points today, and I really appreciate you all taking the time to discuss. And we will catch everybody on the next Pro Talk. Thank you. Great. Take care. Thank you.